Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This week an email was sent to me. It began this way. With what is going on in the world these days, heaven could end up a ghost town. My name is God. And then God goes on to lament that we pray too little, party too much, and worship the wrong things, etc., etc. Oh yes, and if you pass this message on, you will be a good Christian. If not, well, then how can you live with yourself? The message is simple. God is in heaven. That's where God is. And heaven is becoming a lonely place because we aren't good enough for God. And God's up there pleading with us, somewhat pathetically at least in this email, to include God in our lives more and get our act together so that we can be worthy of the heavenly club up there. Two weeks ago, I talked about one of our cultural challenges, and this is it right here. You ever had an email like that? Yeah, every day, right? Okay, here it is, right here. The assumption that being a Christian is taking a test graded by a distant God. Sorry, but that's going nowhere. I mean, how can we find a relationship with a lonely God who's on a barca lounger in heaven? But you see, what passes for heaven in this email isn't heaven. What passes for God isn't God, at least not the God who is in Jesus. Heaven, you see, isn't some remote empty museum that's impossible to get to. God brought heaven down to us in the person of Jesus and in the relationships Jesus forms with us and with our neighbor through faith. How many times have you read or heard it read in the Gospels where Jesus says the kingdom of God is at hand? He probably said that more than anything else in all the things that he said. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is like. So we just did a series on that. The kingdom of heaven has come to you in Jesus because God was not content to keep heaven up there. Jesus took the form of a servant and God and heaven have come down to the ungodly. And with all due respect, that's you and me. Now, of course, I'm not suggesting our life down here is heaven on earth. Last time I checked, that is not the case. But there is a light that breaks the darkness, don't you think? A life that has entered our brokenness and invites us into a relationship of faith and into a future promised by God. Why exactly? Why did God come down to such broken, imperfect, distracted people? Well, the answer is in the question. Because we're broken, imperfect, and distracted, can continue the list in your own mind. And because God loves us. Nowhere is this more evident than in our gospel text today. 
where Jesus is accused of either being insane or possessed by the devil. Now, how could people so badly misread Jesus, you ask? Well, in Mark's gospel, Jesus has been busy up to this point doing primarily three things as he bore witness to God's kingdom, forgiving sins, healing the sick, and driving out demons. He spent his time with the broken and the ungodly to give them life, hope, and wholeness, to bring heaven to them. But Jesus did cross a line that was drawn in his world between clean and unclean. This is why a godly person could not touch someone who was dead, possessed, or sick, or of the wrong social class or moral status. You'd become unclean then and be unpresentable before God. Many simply asked, How can a supposedly godly man be trafficking with demons and unsavory, unclean people? He's making himself unclean. Why, yes, in fact, he is. So that the unclean can become clean. Jesus' own family said about Jesus, he's gone out of his mind. He's insane. To the scribes and Pharisees, he was not only insane, he was possessed by the devil. How else could he drive out demons unless he was the biggest, baddest demon of them all? So went their reasoning. So these are the people who would or should be the most perceptive about Jesus, his family, his friends, church leaders. And they thought for some reason that the goodness he was bringing to people's lives was somehow bad because they were the wrong people? These folks were asking in so many words, what in the H-E double hockey sticks is going on with Jesus? And yet his own family and the Pharisees, all of them insiders who should know better, thought that the heaven that was happening before their eyes was actually hell. So misguided were they that good was evil and evil was good. This is the unforgivable sin, you see, that Mark talks about. To label as evil the work of the Holy Spirit that is loose in the world, bearing witness to heaven that came down. So, where are we in this story? Are we the insiders who tragically misperceive heaven when it shows up in Jesus and the Holy Spirit? It is an unfortunate characteristic of many religious people to regard themselves as members of a special club that is better than others. This is now how a growing number of unchurched people see us insiders, And it is also why they remain unchurched. That we, at least many of us in the church, are are too convinced of our own exceptionalism, placing judgment before love and mercy, excessively parochial and narrow-minded, considering others, especially those who are different from us, to be unclean, 
while, of course, we have God. I think of the Indiana pizza proprietors who will not serve their food to a same-sex couple. Really? Is that couple unclean and not worthy of your love or of Christ's love? Are they really more unclean than you are, pizza proprietors? Which is to say, simply broken and in need of God. I regularly receive emails that prod me as a Christian to connect the dots and buy into a sweeping condemnation of all my Muslim brothers and sisters. Get some of those emails, do you? I believe the opposite of condemnation to be true here is an appropriate response. We should listen to them, treat them like human beings, build bridges with them, help them to be the best followers of God that they can be. That's why I'm proud to hear that a good showing of Mount Olivet folks turned up recently at the Meet Your Muslim Neighbor barbecue. One of the characteristics of our American Christian culture is to be very segregated and distrustful, as I pointed out two weeks ago, of those who are different from us by economic class, ethnicity, belief system, sexual orientation, and so on, so on. What in the heaven is going on around here is Mount Olivet's unfolding story. Our emerging vision is that the God of life is loose in a broken world to bring wholeness to it, everyone in it. It is a diverse world with many kinds of people that we may not understand, that may bewilder us, but this is the world that God made the world that God loves and the world where God shows up, inviting us into life-giving relationships. Jesus said that his brothers and sisters are the ones who do the will of God. To forgive, to heal, to drive out demons, in a word, to bring life. By the power of the Holy Spirit, let that be so for you. Let it be so through you for those around you, whoever they may be. It is to this that we are called to bear witness. Amen.